Hey friend, welcome to the Bible Track Echoes radio broadcast. I'm your host, Mike McCurry. We're going to jump right into the Bible study today. I've got a thought I'd like to communicate to you as well as I can. 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 16. 1 Samuel 30 and verse number 16. And when he, we're talking about the young Egyptian man we referenced yesterday. We'll talk more about that and set some context in just a moment. But when he had brought him, meaning David, down, behold, they, that's the Amalekites, were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Let's pause here for just a moment. David and his followers, now he had 600 men and their families that were his followers, they had suffered a great defeat. David and his men were away, and the Amalekites came into Ziklag, that's where they were encamping, The David and his men were, and they burned to the ground and took all the spoils, all of the women, all the children, all the stuff, all the riches, they took it all and they took it back. Now, because of this, David and his people were distressed. They were upset. They were absolutely beside themselves. And so they decided, with God's leading, to go after the Amalekites. And that's what we picked up here in verse number 16. We continue on. And David smote them from the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men, which rode upon camels, and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all." And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. So, long story short, David, by God's grace, is able to put together a massive victory. They get back everything. They didn't lose anything. Not a person, not, not a stitch of clothing, not, a, not gold. They got everything and more. We continue on. And David came to the 200 men. Pause for just a moment. Now realize, David and his 600 followers, they went hightailing it after the Amalekites to, to find them. We're talking that the main theme, the main thrust of this entire week is how to handle the bad days. Of course, we've learned that you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need to inquire of the Lord. That's what David did. And then you need to act on what God tells you to do. But in the meanwhile, take care of others in distress along the way. They came across this Egyptian boy that we're talking about, and they helped him. And because of that, the Egyptian led them to where the Amalekites were. But then we find one more lesson from this biblical account. In victory, we need to be careful that we still don't forget others. Now, what am I talking about here? Let's back up for just a moment. As they were following after the Amalekites, there were, of the 600 men, 200 of them that the Bible says they were so faint. They were probably besides themselves with grief. They probably hadn't eaten anything or drunk anything in their grief. Maybe all their food stores had been used up or burned down in the, in the, in the fire there at Ziklag. And they, those 200 of the 600, stayed behind at a brook. They stayed there while David and the 400 men pursued after the Amalekites. And here we pick up, David came 
to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David, and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Now, here's where we're at. In verse number 22, we see a small contingent of David's followers. Now realize, in every group there's going to be some bad apples, and we find those people here in just a moment. Verse number 22, Then answered all the men of Belial, all the wicked men and the men of Belial, of those that went with David and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. So, these wicked men, they say, these guys didn't come with us. These guys didn't fight. These guys stayed behind. They were too tired. And they're casting spurgeons on these men. They're, they're denigrating. They're putting down these men. And they say, let's just give them back their family, their wife, their children, and send them on the way. They're not part of us anymore. Realize that everyone had lost their gold, their silver, their precious things, their material possessions. And the men of Belial were saying, well, these guys weren't part of recovering it. Why should we give it back? And David says in verse number 23, Ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came again us, against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff, they shall part alike. What are we talking about? Where are we going with this? How do you treat people that let you down? How do you treat people that you know, as well as anyone else, you know they've walked away from God a little bit? Maybe they've had some struggles Maybe they've not been as faithful as they should have been. Maybe in the context of a church, maybe they, they've even left your church. Maybe they haven't been faithful to church. Maybe they've decided to, to go a different direction. How do, you, how do you treat those people? Well, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1 gives us an inkling of what we should do. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think of himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Think about this. These 200 men, you could make the case, if you're looking at it with a really critical eye, a really harsh lens, these 200 men had basically deserted David. Think about this. They had stayed behind. They couldn't keep up. But David had mercy upon them and not only allowed them to continue to be a part of his band, his merry band, but he also gave them back everything that they had lost, even though they weren't part of the fight to recover it. I think of uh, Paul when he got irritated with John Mark for, for leaving. But who was it? But the son of consolation, a man named Barnabas, had mercy on him. Acts chapter 12 and verse number 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. 
Acts 15.37, Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder. So Paul and Barnabas had a little bit of a falling out because Paul said, this guy's not worth it. This guy's not worthy. This guy isn't a real worker. Leave him behind. And Barnabas said, I think, I think he's got some potential still. I know he failed. I know he let you down, Paul. But And the contention was so sharp that Barnabas was willing to stand on principle and say, I'm not, I'm not going to let this one go, Paul. I think I really think that we should take this young man with us. And Paul was saying no. And finally Barnabas said, I'm going to take him. And they departed one from the other. You realize this Barnabas character? He was one of the first to give of his personal property to the church. The book of Acts chapter 4, verse number 36. In Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation. I just mentioned that. A Levite in the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This Barnabas guy, oh, he was a pretty nice guy, not only in that he donated, invested in the work of the ministry, but then he invested in people. How should we handle those that disappoint? Well, there's a couple things I want to draw out here. Handle them with perseverance. Don't just give up on someone that you know and love. Don't just count them out just because they fail you. Think about this. If you quitting on God was enough for God to quit on you, none of us would have a chance. Perseverance, patience. Give them another chance. I'm glad we serve the God of patience. We see that in Romans chapter 15 and verse 5. God has been so very patient with us, hasn't he? Perseverance, patience with pardon. Don't just write people off. How long would we survive if God wrote us off for every little misstep? Matthew 6 and verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'm so very glad that God, the Lord, is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Saying it, Peter 3 verse 9, if we don't forgive others, why should he forgive us? You know, in, in closing here for this entire theme and thought of how to deal with a bad day and all those things, David, in this circumstance, he was brought low, just like this, right before he was given the throne. I wonder if David had handled this circumstance differently, if God still would have trusted him with the throne. It makes me wonder, was this David's last test before God thought he was ready? What is it that's just around the corner for you? And you've only got to get through one or two or three more bad days. Yes, bad days. Worst days. Just horrible days. What is it that's just around the corner that God has for you? Just right around the bend. I think back to the struggles we faced here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. The difficult times. I think about sometimes when you just put your head down and you're slogging through. You're just doing your best to put one foot in front of the other. I wonder what's on the other side. Let me encourage you. Do that. Put your head down. Continue going. Put your head down in prayer. Put your head down in humbleness. Put your head down in thankfulness for what God has done. Remember those past victories. Recognize who's brought you thus far. Rely on God. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Let me end this week of broadcasts with another invitation. Saturday, October 1st, we'd love to see you at the grand opening 
of our brand new building. I'm sitting in our brand new building. Don't let the scenery behind you, those of you that are watching on the video version on YouTube and Facebook, don't let the nice setting fool you. There's a lot of work to be done on the other side of the camera, on the other side of the microphone. Come see it. Saturday, October 1st from 1 to 5 p.m. You can text me if you have questions. Here's that phone number, 309-316-7240. One more time, that phone number is 309-316-7240. It's never too early to start making plans Saturday, October 1st. We'd love to see you there. Thank you so much for listening today. Greatly appreciate your investment of time. Have a great day for his glory. And my prayer for you is that God will bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309 828 6888. That's 309 828 6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.